Hi guys, I'm your host Valentina and today we will travel to Calabria which is the region generally known as the toe of the boot of Italy. Before jumping to the caves, just a quick call to action. Follow me on Instagram at Bloody Pasta Podcast where you will find more material related to this and other cases. Please rate, review and subscribe in any platform where you are currently listening from, especially Good Pods and Apple Podcast. But without further ado, welcome to today's case, a story of a young soul who was just starting to explore what life can give her. Welcome to the dark side of Italy. Welcome to Bloody Pasta. Calabria is a well known for its pleasant climate, splendid colors of the sea, rocky coasts alternating with sandy beaches, wild and mysterious nature. The intense and genuine flavor of the local cuisine, which testimony of its ancient origin. Historically, Calabria played a key role in Italy's development. Thanks to the location in the heart of the Mediterranean Sea, Calabria experienced the growth of several civilizations and constant succession of population, including Greeks, Roman, Byzantine and Normans. The founding of large cities at in the 7th century AD would be among the richest and most culturally sophisticated for the time, for decades, symbolized a period of tremendous magnificence for Calabria. The modern name Italy derives from Italia, which was first used as a name for the south part of the modern Calabria. Nowadays, Calabria is known for the varied landscape and closeness to the mountain to the sea. Even in the hinterland, there's always a spot where you can see a strip of water which can be reached in a very short time. Tourism and agriculture are the main drivers of modern Calabria. But this is a region characterized by mafia too. And through drug trafficking, extortion and human trafficking, the criminal organization Drangheta controls a vast proportion of the land and economy, accounting for at least 3% of the GD, Italian GDP. Its yearly revenue in Europe is over 6 billion euros, or roughly double of the regional GDP. Drangheta virtually completely managed drug trafficking in Europe thanks to privileged links to the South America Mafia and particularly through the port of Gioia Tauro. But this will not be a Mafia story, but maybe a story of Omerta. Omerta is a southern Italian code, a code of silence and honor and conduct, then place importance in silence. In the face of questioning by the authorities, especially during criminal investigation, ignoring and generally avoiding interference with the illegal activities of others. With all this in mind, we will now travel back to July 1988. It's the middle of the summer, the temperatures are high, but a gentle sea wind will accompany us throughout this story. Roberta Lanzino loved that wind too. 
She's a simple, clean, and happy 19 years old who was enjoying her first summer as a university student in that July 1988. The first year exams are now finished and it's time to chill by the sea with a family. It's common for Calabria family have two property, one close to the city, close to work and schools, and one at the beach. And this is the case for the Lanzino family. They live in Rende di Cosenza, which is 30 kilometers or 18 miles from the seaside town of Nicivi, where they have a second property. And on July 26, Roberta's mother, Matilde, and the father, Franco, are planning to go to the seaside property to drive her brother, Piaggio, Piaggio Si, to the seaside. That scooter would have been, for them, the independence they wished for that summer. Move freely, meet friends, and go to the beach. That was the first time that Roberta was granted such task, and she had the full trust of her parents. She was growing. She was becoming a woman. But Roberta would not be fully alone. She agreed with her parents that she would drive the scooter, but they would follow her with their car. The old streets from Rende to Michisi is not easy to follow. With a lot of turns and cross and few roads direction, it's so easy to get lost. And Roberta didn't mind have their parents following her. At 4 p.m., she ran the last errands, refueled the scooter, and leaves. This is where the nightmare begins. It's hot that afternoon. The scooter loudly drives Roberta through the summer hair. Her parents are still not behind her, but they have a car, and they are faster, so Roberta is sure they will catch up with her in a few minutes. Roberta continues to go con il vento tra i capelli, with a wind through her hair. Her parents are running some last minutes errands as well. After loading the car with the supplies and a table, Franco and Matilde Lanzino departed Rende to Macisi, with the certainty to find Roberta along the road. On their way they stopped to the grocery store and the public fountain to refill water cans. Those stops were all very quick, but summed it up. It became a significant amount of time away from Roberta. Parents start to be concerned they might not be able to catch up with their daughter. They drive through the old road, but she's nowhere to be found. They believe then she likely arrived at Michisi house. However, they discover that Roberta is not there. The father becomes immediately a desperate search. He returns very quick to Rende and, and checking back the road where supposedly Roberta should be traveling through as well. The mother stayed at Michisi and she was fearful that maybe Roberta had a car accident. Matilde started to contact hospital checking for any hospitalization but without success. The parents calls immediately the carabinieri. A search party starts on the same day and continue through the evening and nights. Roberta's father, Franco, the carabinieri and volunteers start to search the entire area. The old road 
winding and wild seems to have swollen Roberta. As the sun set, the search becomes increasingly difficult. The gentle summer wind, which was blowing the independency of Roberta's wings, is now brings the smell of fear and desperation. It's night when Franco Lanzino receives a call from the Carabinieri. They discover a scooter similar to Roberta. The vehicle is situated relatively close to an escarpment on the old road. The scooter is, without a doubt, the shining Piaggio C. It is in good shape and it isn't broken, so the accident theory ruled out quickly. But not the kidnapping theory, which was all too common in Calabria in 1980. Delancino has a restless night, hoping to get ransom demands at the very last minute, but nothing. Instead, the next day, beneath the searing sun of the south, Roberta Lanzino's body is discovered not far from when the scooter was located. The half-naked body of Roberta Lanzino was found lifeless among the brushes, her belongings scattered on the ground. Her jeans were cut to tear them away. Roberta was brutally beaten. She fought with all her strength until the end when she was overwhelmed by multiple silence. To keep her quiet, they put two women's shoulder straps in her mouth, resulting to suffocate her and causing her death. Then, at least two cuts to the back of the neck with a knife pressed against her body while raping her. Finally, at least three stab wounds, a wound to her throat, causing a massive hemorrhage. The coroner will say that Roberta was raped with animalistic violence and then slit her throat. The life of a brilliant student is turned upside down and brutally ended on a normal sunny day that 1988. But how did Roberta get in that cliff? Um, according, according to the prosecutor, Domenico Fiordalisi, Roberta would have gotten lost along the way. She ran in one or more people, and when they saw her lost, they brutally attacked her, tortured her, and killed her. The Carabinieri found several witnesses. Most of them, they will say that they saw a Fiat 131 spotted following Roberta at short distance. A man, Giuseppe Frangella, claims to have spoken to the team who asked direction for Falconara and not Michisi. Falconara is actually a slightly bigger town nearby Michisi. Giuseppe went to say that he saw his two cousins, Luigi and Rosario, running along the road, shouting. Maybe someone was following her. The investigation soon focused on this mysterious yellow Fiat 131 and led to a brick layer from Salucido, owner of the car and with some criminal record. But this leads does not hold. Carabinieri soon arrived at that end. So they called for questionings, the brothers, Rosario and Luigi Frangella, and their cousin, Giuseppe Frangella. 
the free farmers lived in the area of the crime. The attitude and statements of the free family members did not convince at all the carabinieri. For the investigators, Rosario had the, p- had the perfect profile of the aggressor. A few months earlier, he had been admitted to a psychiatric hospital for a graft schizophrenia episode. A pathology sometimes linked to sexual deviance attribute. But this is not all. Two years early, Rosario cut the throat of 25 sheep of his flock for no reason. Rosario is a mentally unstable individual with clear violence tendency. Then Giuseppe. The man has bruises on his arm and scratches. And when questioned about it, he claims he got them during the searching of Roberta's scooter. But no one remembers the presence of Giuseppe among the volunteers. Uh, actually, Franco Lanzino went during the late evening to Frangella's house and asked him if he had seen his daughter. Franco remembered Giuseppe for his ambiguous behavior since he denied to have seen anything and suggesting to look anywhere else. Giuseppe Frangella will begin the interrogation by completely denying his presence to the crime scene. Then he will retract claiming that yes, perhaps, perhaps he was on the road, but at different time. Finally, he will declare that he was near the crime scene at 6.20 p.m. when he clearly saw Rosario running in extreme state of agitation, accompanied by Luigi, also visibly shaking. The two were shouting to each other and one said to the other, What did you do? Giuseppe cannot remember who was shouting. Finally, Luigi Frangella. He declared and he had given road information to Roberta while he was working on the field and who had seen her cousin Giuseppe passing by with his van immediately after Roberta. From this moment on, the three cousins, Luigi, Rosario and Giuseppe, will begin to blame each other in a succession of contradictory, confused and sometimes unreliable statements. But all of this was enough for the deputy prosecutor Domenico Fiordalisi. And on 1st of August 1988, the two Frangella brothers was arrested on charge of rape and murder. Giuseppe was held for complicity. On the 16th of August 1988, the first turning point, the reviewal tribunal released the three cousins. Lack of evidence, it would be argued, or rather, all the evidence against them is considered inconclusive. But how is possible? Well, from now, I have spoken only of circumstantial evidence. But where are the actual evidence or the lack of them? I will now going to explain how the victim died. The body was found supine in a clearing near the old road. Roberta was semi-naked with her shirt and her bra twisted above her chest while the jeans and bag were found not far from her body, torn in half by the clean cut of a blade. 
and all of these clothes, the t-shirt, jeans, and the bra were found several traces of blood, as well as trace of seminal fluid. The crime scene, in fact, was covered by DNA, both of the victim and the executor. Roberta Badi speaks clearly. What she had suffered before her death is undescribable. The body covered with bruises suggests that Roberta fight until the end. She had several hematoma on her face, an element that would make me think they punch her into the face to make lose her consciousness. Then the final brutal death. The person responsible for such heinous crime cut her throat and inserted her shoulder straps deep in Roberta's throat, killing her. This is a very difficult story to hear and is also difficult for, for the shocking mishandling of the scientific investigation which were incomplete and approximate. In fact, all the scientific evidence collected by the Carabinieri was considered inconclu inconclusive, one by one. Starting from the fingerprints taken on the scooter, the Carabinieri, who initially assumed it was a road accident, collected the vehicle without using appropriate gloves. And actually, they just breathed over the vehicle to see if there were any fingerprints. As I say, most of the victim clothes had trace of DNA and seminal fluid. This should be an easy case. Well, well, let's talk about the clothing for a moment. They disappeared for a long time. And the disappearance of Roberta closing has always been one of the most disturbing aspects of this story. The interest of the whereabout of these clothes began in in 1989, to be precise, the January of 1989, Corrado Angius, an Italian TV presenter, dedicated an episode of his successful television program, Telefono Giallo, on the Lanzino crime. The episode was called Roberta Last Journey. Telefono Giallo was a live program, and at a certain point in the studio came an anonymous tips. The voice said that Roberta's clothes are not being destroyed, but are actually being preserved at the funeral home. Upon the investigation, Carabinieri found Roberta's clothes, but since they have been stored in a zinc box, scientific evidence will not be extracted at that point in time. Plus, it was 1988. No DNA analysis were available. This is why the court had a very hard time to convict the three farmers. Luigi, Rosario and Giuseppe Frangella will be judged not guilty in the three levels of judgment. This could be the sad end of a butchered investigation, injustice for Roberta murder and an easy life for her family. Just a forgotten cold case. But not. In 2007, Another turning point. After 19 years, a new lead emerged, and Roberta's case 
reopened. What happened? You might think a DNA, new scientific insight? No. A former mafia boss, Franco Pino. Franco became a collaborator of justice and spoke of a revelation that he would have heard while he was in jail at 41 bis. 41 bis is the harder jail system for mafia affiliates. Franco said that Marcello and Romeo Calvano, prominent element of the Andrina of San Lucido, would have confessed to him that Roberta Lanzino was killed by a shepherd, Francesco Sansuno. Francesco was already in prison serving 30 years sentence for killing his girlfriend Rosaria Genovese. He will be investigated by again the prosecutor Ferdalisi. In addition to Roberta's murder, Francesco will be also investigated for the death of Luigi Carbone. Luigi died mysteriously after Roberta's murder. The investigator will say that he might have been an accomplice close to say something to the police. 2015. Suddenly, a DNA evidence appeared in court. DNA extracted from Roberta's clothes containing genetic information of her killer. Samples was collected from Francesco and his close family. But science do not gossip or insinuate lies. Francesco's genetic profile is not compatible with the DNA extracted from Roberta clothes. In my research, I couldn't find, unfortunately, any articles regarding DNA samples taken from the three former suspects, Luigi, Rosario and Giuseppe. This case is still open and is still on the mouth of a lot of people in the region. So many rumors started. The gossiping of a city. Roberta's death became almost an urban legend. Rumors will say that Roberta was killed by some young people from Cosenza, perhaps children of doctors and lawyers, parents with a local power. An anonymous letter arrived at the prosecutor officer in the day after the murder, with name and surname of the so-called daddy's children. Nothing came out of that tip. However, there are still a lot of questions that have not yet to be answered. First and foremost, what role did have that Fiat 131 played in the pursuit of Roberta as reported by several witnesses? How many men assisted and or participated to this crime? given that the most widely accepted theory is the least two people were involved. Why did so many scientific evidence arrive unusable or appear so suddenly as it did in 2015? But most importantly, how is certain that every effort has been made to identify those who has cowardly niched the life of a 19 years old? in 1988. What remains of the sense of justice after a case of this magnitude? Well, let me tell you. The tenacious voice of Matilde, who spoke out loud what many people kept for themselves, 
I don't want to think about it. In the trial, there were only fears. Yes, the fear of all these ambiguities. The terror of a land that is defined by silence. According to Matilde Lanzino, it is clear from the newspaper that the area was threatened. Even those who knew or could have knew remained silent. Umerta, the worst phase of Calabria, show, show itself to Roberta Lanzino, a beautiful and enthusiastic young woman. But this story will not end with just the bitter taste of a cold, unsolved case. No. One year after Roberta's death, the Lanzino family made the decision not to stand by and watch all the other girls like Roberta who had to face a dreadful fate simply because they were born women. The Roberta Lanzino Foundation was born as a result of this incredible act of humanity, a legacy that the Lanzino family has left to all of us, but especially to Calabria. The foundation, which is now well known in the area, works to protect women and children who are the victim of the most heinous form of violence, domestic violence. Matilde Lanzino goes in great details about how grateful she is to be alive because of the foundation. Between the shelter where the women and children are housed, the anti-violence center, the pain has become an opportunity to save more life, one piece at a time. And this doesn't seem enough for Franco and Matilde Lanzino, because they are well aware of the source of all of this violence. Words. As a result, a substantial portion of their work involves children. Matilde explained, we work on language, because the word is the art with which we will grow our kids. Speaking out is often the hardest steps for a lot of us. Please take this story as a reminder of your importance, the importance of your voice. If you witness a crime or hear something suspicious, report it. Do not let omerta winning over. Until next time, ciao guys.